Greetings. Welcome to Community Spotlight, a public affairs program where we share news that you can use. On this program, we share a diverse array of information with special attention to the arts, education, and motivation. We broadcast every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. and Mondays at 10 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM in Philadelphia. You can also stream us wherever you are in the world at wkdu.org slash listen now or any streaming service. I am Sherry Pennington, the founder and host of Community Spotlight, and I thank you for joining us today. My guest today is Angela V. Harris, an award-winning coach, technologist, and philanthropist who has over 20 years of business experience with Fortune 500 companies. She strategically guides clients through the corporate landscape, focusing on visibility, value, and promotion. Angela is a trained professional coach with several credentials, including the International Coaching Federation. Her dynamic speaking style and real-life examples make her a sought-after speaker and facilitator, covering topics from leadership to motivation and innovation. As the host of The Flow, that stands for Fearlessly Leading Our Way podcast, Angela amplifies the voices of Black women leaders, sharing their inspiring stories and insights. She's also actively involved in community service, serving on various boards. She is currently Miss Northwest Washington, D.C., and is competing in the Miss Corporate America 2024 competition. Her pageant platform is Accelerate Her, and it focuses on increasing the representation of Black women in the tech sector. Angela has established scholarships at both Drexel University and LaSalle University, demonstrating her commitment to uplifting others and giving back to the community. So this is a very productive and busy young lady. Uh, We actually last spoke in, I think it was 2022, is that when the uh, Do Back Legacy to Share came out? Yes. Yes. So we did a little snippet on her back then. So welcome, Angela. Welcome to Community Spotlight. Thank you for having me, Sherry. Yes, ma'am. And you've been, like I said, very busy since that time. And, you know, there was a whole lot more. I, I have some powerful people on my program. Let me tell you, I'm usually having to edit things out. And you may think, audience, you know, for the last um, three programs, actually, I featured Miss Americas, and now here comes another one. So it's a thing, and everybody has a really uh, powerful platform. So let's start out with that particular topic. Can you discuss um, with our audience your role and journey to becoming Miss Northwest Washington, D.C., as well as what the Miss Corporate America competition is? Yes, The Miss Corporate America competition is a business-friendly competition. It's been around since 2008, and the purpose is to just recognize the achievements and accomplishments of professional women. I am competing as Miss Northwest Washington, D.C., and the pageant will take place in Orlando, Florida from June 20th through June 22nd. The winner will be determined by a panel of judges. I am also currently number one in the People's Choice category. So if the listeners would like to vote for me, they can visit bits.ly slash MSNWDC and cast their vote for me. And I would greatly appreciate that. 
And as you said in the bio, my pageant platform centers around advocacy for women in tech and specifically black women in tech. And my corporate life was in the tech industry. I worked in tech for 24 years before pivoting into my coaching business full time. And an interesting statistic that a lot of people may not know is that 56% of mid-career women in the tech industry are leaving. Mm. And on top of that, the number of black women in technology right now is about 2.2%. It's hovered about 3% for at least the last 10 years. But due to the pandemic and the mass layoffs that we've seen the past couple of years, it's dipped to 2.2%. That's rather shocking to me. I thought it would have been much, much more than that. Exactly, because all these companies have this push for diversity, equity, yes. inclusion, and these hiring efforts. And we hear about the hiring, but in my opinion, the gap is retention. Again, if 56% of women are leaving the industry, you're not going to have a pipeline. So do you have any idea or what are the stories saying as to why they're leaving? It's a variety of reasons. I can speak from my own personal perspective. Yes. Bias, the, the the pay equity is an issue. I've been qualified for so many jobs, despite all of my degrees and qualifications, yet I've been told that I still needed more experience or they went with someone else who's already done the job or they've given the job to someone with less qualifications. Really? Yes. Okay. And, you know, the other shocking thing about that is because for Years now, I, I was involved in a STEM-focused organization, and for years and years, we have been giving away scholarships for those um, that were going to major in some sort of STEM program. And wow! So you, how long did you actually work in the tech part? You said for twenty-four years. Twenty-four years. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. And it, it's been a journey. Those it was a journey. Those twenty-four years trying to navigate. Like I said, always having to advocate for myself. I didn't have mentors very early in my career, yet alone sponsors and working for unsupportive managers, and in some instances working in toxic environments. So that was a lot to take on. That is a lot, and so it's because of that that you're creating your platform that you have. Absolutely. And what what are your hopes, and how are you going to help bridge that gap? My hope is to support retention efforts. And the work that I do with my coaching is to to support women and helping them elevate them within their careers. The work that I'm doing with the scholarship, in addition to the mentorship that I do, is also building a pipeline of tech talent. So what do you think is most needed to retain them? I mean, if it's bias there, how do you fix that? Right. First of all, you have to acknowledge that the bias exists and put plans in place to eliminate that bias. And there should be accountability. We hear year over year these companies saying, oh, we're going to double our numbers by 2020 or we're going to double our numbers by 2025. And they keep pushing the target rather than making progress. And there's no accountability. And I feel like no one is really drilling down to understand why these women are leaving. They just say, oh, we'll just keep hiring. We'll just keep hiring. But it's a revolving door because you're hiring, but you're not retaining folks. So that's why you don't see the numbers moving at all. So would you have something to take directly to the corporations to kind of hold them accountable or? Well, I think coaching is definitely one way to support their their workforce in addition to having them evaluate their pay structures. Again, I've been underpaid okay. for, for a lot of my career. Mm-hmm. Pay, pay equity is an issue for women. I think I saw the statistics last year that came out that said it will take 100 years for black women to reach pay equity in corporate America. 100 oh years. God. So you and I won't see that. <laughs> In our lifetime. Right. Okay, so you're talking about coaching on both sides of the aisle. Yes, yes. Okay, I understand. That makes sense then. Well, that threw me off there for a minute because I also wanted to ask you a little bit more about your pageantry, if that's right, 
How long have you been uh, Miss Northwest Washington, D.C.? I was given that title in September, and this is a, honestly a, a new experience for me. I've never done a pageant like this before. And actually, when I was in high school, I competed in a calendar girl pageant in high school. So this is a completely new experience for me. But anyone that knows me knows that I'm always pushing myself to try new things. So this is my new big thing for the year. Okay. And how long has the, do you know how long Miss Corporate America been around? 2008. Okay, never heard of that one. Very good. So if you win, or when you win. Yes, when I win. When you win. Because <laughs> we're going to speak that into yes, existence. Yes, You'll have a year to um, ignite your program. Absolutely, and absolutely. And I'm looking to partner with other organizations that are aligned with the mission and the vision of the organization as well as the platform. Excellent. All right, so let's talk about your um your experience and just ask the question, how important is representation and diversity? How important is that piece of it? It is very important because for me, there were so many times in my career where I was the first black person or the only black person and it can get lonely. It wow. gets really lonely. And honestly, it's it's an obstacle and that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't have mentors very early in my career, because working in tech, it's a predominantly white male dominated industry, and they tend to gravitate, gravitate to themselves. I wasn't getting the coffee invitations, the lunch invitations, you know, the, the golf invitations. Oh. That, yeah. Yeah, I kind of understand that. I really do. <laughs> Certain positions that I was in. Well, it started here at Drexel. What was your major here at Drexel? Information systems. Information systems. I started out as engineering. And like you said, I was predominantly back then the only black, only black sometimes and only black female. Yes. So yes. we definitely have evolved. And uh, what particularly did you do in your major role in tech? I held a variety of roles, but I would say I spent the majority of my career in the IT project management space. I hold my okay. project management professional certification from the Project Management Institute. Me too. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that was no easy feat. Yeah, but I think it was a four-hour exam. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The, the books. <laughs> yes, the, the PMBOK. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you also have a new podcast called The Flow. Tell us about that. Yes. The, um, I'm launching a podcast on Friday, March 8th, to correspond with International Women's Day. It's called The Flow, Fearlessly Leading Our Way. The trailer episode is available now on all the major, podca on all the major podcast platforms. And I started the podcast just to have a space to amplify the voices of Black women. Just looking at my experience and looking at the experiences of a lot of Black women in my circles, we are working in spaces where we are undervalued and we aren't supported. And I also want to have an opportunity to shift and change the narrative of what a leader looks like. We often associate leadership with the titles and high salaries, but we're all leaders in our own rights. And you don't need a title to be a leader. And often, honestly, with the way corporate America is designed, we may not get that leadership title within corporate America. I know for myself, I hold a master's degree in information technology leadership, yet I've never officially held a leadership role in corporate America, despite applying for numerous leadership roles. Wow. Yet I've led nonprofit organizations. I serve on numerous boards where I help, where I hold leadership positions within those boards. So I've, I've ha I have the leadership experience and it's always been valued externally, but never within the organizations where I was working. Yes, I understand. And so at what point uh, you said, then you pivoted, you just said, stop the corporate America piece and do my own thing. Absolutely. When did that happen? 
officially October of 2022 is when I made the pivot. Okay. <laughs> and you've been pivoting. I've been watching you on LinkedIn. I'm like, when does this woman go to sleep? But, well, that's good for you. And a lot of women, especially black women, now, women in general are really taking the reins in all areas. Yes, and, yes. And uh, we applaud all of you women during this Women History Absolutely. Month. Absolutely, yeah. And to what you said, I, I think there's a statistic that um, the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs is black women. Yeah. And honestly, they're, they're the most um, highest population that's leaving corporate America. Yes. And, you know, actually today there's actually a wonderful conference that's going to happen. It's called Optimism Um doing your own thing and let me i'll get the right title for you shortly (laughs) but it's led by some really phenomenal women that i've encountered over the past and also um you you just see their profiles in newspapers online and you know making a difference so yes we must keep on keeping on so talking about your role um as a leadership coach for black women in tech um just Let's talk about what you've been doing and how that is impacting career advancement, for example. Yeah. So as a coach, I guess I just want to dispel the, the the big myth that I seem to find regarding coaches. A lot of people think coaches are fixers and we tell you what to do. That's not the role of a coach. Like my role as a coach is to help unlock all that goodness and greatness that's buried inside of you. It's, it's to help you draw your own conclusions and come find your own solutions by guiding you through a series of questions. I'm not going to sit there and tell you, Sherry, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you find the answers yourself and just show you how amazing you are. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now we must talk. (laughs) Yeah. So we're speaking with Angela Harris, who does numerous things. Again, she's a candidate for um, the Miss Corporate America contest. She's currently Miss Northwest Washington, D.C., is it, how do you pronounce it, as a queen, or what is the official title? You're just Miss Washington? Yeah, this is Miss Northwest Washington, yeah, D.C. currently. Okay, and um, she has a platform on in a podcast coming up that were recently launched called Flow. So, Angela, to get more information about you and your various projects, where can one visit? The best place is to visit my website, which is AngelaVHarris.com. Okay, you got that, y'all? Angela V. Harris. Dot org and dot com dot com <laughs> dot com. All right. And so now you're also a philanthropist and that would what brings you into town now yes. uh, partially. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the good works that you do in that area. Yes. Well, in 2017, I took a plunge and I started a scholarship here at Drexel University. And it was something that had been placed on my heart for a while And I didn't necessarily know how one goes about starting a scholarship because you only hear about the million dollar, billion dollar donations. And just asking a casual conversation, I had a casual conversation with someone that worked in institutional advancement here and just asked the question, how does someone start a scholarship? Because, again, it was something that was just really weighing on my heart. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And that's when I learned that Drexel has something called a current use scholarship. And they are there are two funding levels at $2,500 and $5,000. And I knew it was important for me to establish something that could help a student to look like me. And my father passed away from cancer at the start of my senior year at Drexel. And I did not get any additional financial aid money. Thankfully, my father was a steward of his money. So there was still money available for me to finish my education, which I'm so grateful for. But that experience made me realize my privilege in the situation. And I recognize that so many other students may have not have had that opportunity. And that experience essentially planted the seed for me wanting to start the scholarship. And 
I'm a huge fan of writing down my goals. And in 2014, I just wrote down a very basic generic goal, my Google sheet that I keep, and it said sponsor a child's tuition. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. Because again, at at that time, I didn't know what the process was to start a scholarship. So fast forward to 2017, I literally took a plunge and wrote a check for $5,000 out of my money, uh, out of my bank account to establish the scholarship, to establish the scholarship. And again, it's a scary thing as a single woman, you know, that's a sizable chunk of money. But in, in my heart, honestly, I knew it was the right thing to do. And since that time, I've gotten creative with my fundraising. Um, Again, I'm a big thinker. I always like to dream big and try new and exciting things. And so since 2018, I've been challenging my friends and family or encouraging them, I should say, to donate to my scholarship on my birthday. Instead of giving me gifts and presents, you know, donate that money to my scholarship. And so since 2018, essentially, or since the inception of the scholarship, I've awarded over $120,000 in scholarships to Drexel students studying within the College of Computing and Informatics. I have four students that have already graduated from Drexel. I have one student, she'll be graduating in June of this year. My very first recipient, her name is Blessing Adagame. She graduated in 2021. She just published her first book. She's only 25 years old. Yes, that's beautiful. Beautiful thing. What what made you decide to do Drexel? I mean, contribute to Drexel? I'm a Drexel alum. Yes, I'm an alum. And again, yes. And honest, um, so I also served on the College of Computing and Informatics Alumni Board. And I was looking at the scholarships that were available to students. And I didn't see anything that specifically said an African-American male or female student. And honestly, there was one award that was actually awarded to a graduating senior at graduation. Mm-hmm. And again, just knowing the lands, the tech landscape and the fact that, again, I didn't receive scholarships. I got a small grant for my tuition, but my father was literally paying the balance of my tuition out of his retirement savings. And when again, when he passed away, I didn't get any additional funding for my education and knowing the need for representation and knowing the cost of college. It was important to me to be able to support a student in some way. Interesting. And what what else is interesting? I know that you contributed to a legacy to share, do back. Yes. And let's talk about that for a bit, because that too now, um, there's a certain scholarship yes. that has been emanating from the proceeds of that book, right? Yes. So a legacy to share is an anthology that was published by the Drexel University Black Alumni Council in January of 2022. It is a collection of over 50 stories from black alumni throughout the decades. And it gives homage to the very first Black graduate of Drexel University, who was William Sidney Pittman. He was an architect. Oh, okay. And in my chapter, my chapter is called Trust the Process. And I essentially just share my journey as a first-generation college graduate. I lost my mother to stomach cancer when I was three years old, losing my father to prostate cancer as a senior in college, and starting my career and having to navigate all of that, being a first and only in many situations, dealing with the numerous rejections that I encountered as I was trying to, you know, move and advance my career. But through it all, I've learned to trust the process. And I've learned that all those rejections were essentially redirecting me to where I was essentially meant to be. Okay. So it's really just reframing. All right. And you also have a scholarship fund with LaSalle? Yes, I did start a similar scholarship at LaSalle University, which which is where I received my master's degree. I believe I started that scholarship in 2020. And it's open to undergraduate and graduate students studying within the School of Arts and Sciences. 
Okay, so you're spreading it all around, covering all avenues. <laughs> yes. <there>. Very good. <laughs> so typically, when does one apply for a scholarship? Well, this is a need-based award. So this, um, the, the financial aid office at the university, they will identify the, the student based on okay. my criteria. Based on that. So I don't have any say. I can't say Sherry is going to get the scholarship. No, no. Yeah, so I kind of like an adoption process, I guess. I'm just waiting to hear who the, the lucky person is. All right, now. So in traveling around, you do a lot of speaking engagements. Is that correct? Or? Yes, I do. Okay, and primarily, what, what's your focus there? Same sort of... Leadership development, also just sharing my personal story. Okay, so what would you like to tell our community as a leader today? One of the things we're big on here, and that's why we're Community Spotlight, we focus on just all sorts of different topics, but always try to leave some encouraging message or thoughts or action steps. So, I would say invest in yourself. And when I look back at my life and my career Again, just dealing with all the rejections that I've heard to take it back to the first job that I had out of college. I wouldn't be where I am today if I had, number one, believed in myself and taken the time to continually invest in myself through personal professional development, taking advantage of any and all opportunities that were presented to me. So know your worth, believe in yourself and invest in yourself. There you go. You keep talking about the rejection. <laughs> You've said that quite a few times. So may I ask, what is the longest position or the longest <laughs> tenure you had at a particular corporation. That's a very, that's a very interesting, I was just having a conversation about that yesterday with someone. So the longest company where I worked, I run interestingly, is um, eight years. And okay. I, I told the person yesterday, honestly, I felt like I felt I spent the last four years trying to leave that organization. But again, I'm a woman of faith, you know, God has a plan. And had I left at the time when I was trying to leave, I wouldn't have made certain connections that ultimately propelled my career. And honestly, to be completely honest, I actually did resign from that organization. And in the course of resigning, they they countered my offer. And it ended up staying because the company where I was considering going, they were trying to undervalue me too. So ended up staying, but again, ended up staying longer than I anticipated at that company. But again, it all worked out because there was a really important connection that I needed to make at that company. And it really did propel my career trajectory for the long term. Well, I appreciate your candidness and sharing that with us, because looking from the outside, you, you would never know. You would never know that the things that folks are going through, because they'll only spotlight the few. And that you so much goodness about your accolades and things that you would never know what was truly <laughs> going on. But we're happy that you have pivoted and it seems that things are working well for you and um, much continued success doing that. So at this point, I think we, we've covered the major topics that we wanted to actually talk about. Anything else on your mind that you want to share with us? I just want to remind the listeners to please support the Miss Corporate America competition. Again, you can visit bit.ly slash MSNWDC to cast your vote for People's Choice. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of A Legacy to Share, you can visit bit.ly slash Legacy and the proceeds from that will support the endowed scholarship that the Drexel University Black Alumni Council has established. And also, this is the 10th year anniversary of the Black Alumni Council, and we have a series of events taking place. We're doing our annual Women in Leadership panel discussion here on Drexel's campus on April the 18th, and we have a big gala scheduled in October this year. Okay, so I'm kind of glad you mentioned that. And what is interesting is 
totally different, the landscape here at Drexel, from when I started back in the 70-somethings, um, the late, late 70s. <laughs> Again, I was like really sometimes the only black in the room and definitely black female in the engineering school. But there's a resurgence of energy around the black students or alumni from Drexel right now. Um, some Several of us attended the Black Student Union's first Black Carpet Affair. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. It was awesome. The students were awesome. You know, the fact that you guys put together that book is a great thing. And then you said this event coming up in April. Tell me again what that is. April 18th is the annual Women in Leadership panel discussion. Okay. So will that consist of mostly Drexel's uh, alumni or? It's a combination of Drexel alumni. We do invite outside guests as well. So it's just in general, the Women's Conference. Yes. I love that. And a gala, another gala coming up? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and when is that one? It's in I... October. The exact date is escaping me at the moment. If you visit the Dubac, on, if you follow Dubac yeah, on yeah. social media, the information is there on social media. Well, you know, when I talked to you last in 2022, you know, it was you that said something about the, oh God, what is it called? The open, not the open house, but when is it when they have everybody come together? Because I had never been to it before. Um not the open the gathering. Oh homecoming. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the famous homecoming See, brunch. That's the yes, first one I've ever gone to. That's why I didn't know what it was called. But you said you should definitely attend that. Right, homecoming brunch. And honestly, we have the alumni weekend coming up in May of this year. So we have our annual mixer. Wow. And that's also an awards ceremony. We give out, I believe, two or three awards to Drexel alumni at that ceremony as well so it's good it's definitely you can see the diversity now i mean it's always been there but the facts that people are pivoting and taking leadership roles and coming up front as we should as we continue you know we're fading out the black history moving into um women history and it's just all all good stuff yeah and if i just may add something i just learned that april is actually women's history month there's a woman named shay battle in Georgia, and she is she established in 2016 that April is Black Women's History Month. Oh, Black Women's History. Yes, because this is women's. History. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we just keep the party going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, yes, that's true. You know, it cracks me up, especially today is eat a piece of bread day or play the harmonica day. <laughs> or, where did all this stuff come from? But as long as it's positivity, sharing, and networking, um, I think it's a great thing. How important is networking, do you think? Oh, it is very important. People say it's not, it's all about who you know. And there's research that says over 80% of jobs are landed through networking. And it's really, a, people go off of the like, know, and trust factor. What is they that? need to like you, know you, and trust you so they can refer you for opportunities. And honestly, I've received opportunities from people in my network just because I've sat down. I've taken the time and initiative to sit down with them and just learn about them and share things about myself. So I'm top of mind for them when they hear certain opportunities. Okay. Okay. Sounds like the woman on a, on a move with a mission. Oh, thank you. I do appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, so where are you from originally? I am a native Washingtonian. I'm actually a oh, third generation are. native Washingtonian. Yeah. I still own the the home that my grandfather purchased back in 1946, and I've moved back to, into that. Oh, okay, so you're from there. Did you ever move to Seattle? That area I, yeah, was- I was. So I, I, I did live in Seattle yeah, for about three and a half years, but now I'm back, finally back Washington. home <laughs> in D.C., yes. Okay, something about that name, Washington, is it? <laughs> Yes, indeed, Angela. So we, we've been speaking again with Angela Harris. Um, 
She's a graduate of Drexel and LaSalle and a um, host of many other things and opportunities, all good stuff. And we're going to um, ask you for any final comments as we have like two minutes left here before we close out our program. Yeah, well, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really enjoyed our conversation. I do want to share with the listeners that I am currently enrolling for a group coaching program that I'm offering that will be kicking off on March the 20th. You can visit bit.ly, coach Angela V. Harris, or visit my website, www.angelavharris.com to learn more about that opportunity. And I'm also currently enrolling one-on-one coaching clients. So what aren't you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great. So we're happy um, that you were able to give us a visit while you were here in town. And we just want to remind our folks that this is WKDU, the Black Experience in Music in Progress right now on 91.7 FM. I'm Sherry Pennington, and we'll join you again on next Sunday at 11.30 and Monday at 10 a.m. So what we would like to say to everyone is to go about your day, your week, with intention. Um, We want you to be peaceful, stay peaceful, and by all means, put the guns down. And stay tuned for Al Knight (laughs) as he um, gets himself together. So it's 12 o'clock. We'll let you know.